A parrot called Hiraman, a piece of Bengali folklore. Read from Folk Tales from India, a selection of oral tales from 22 languages. Edited by A.K. Ramanujan. Published by the Pantheon Fairy Tale and Folklore Library. A bird catcher and his wife were always in want. One day his wife said to him, I'll tell you why we are so poor. It is because you sell every bird you catch. If we ate some of those birds, we might have better luck. That's what they say about eating birds anyway. So let's cook and eat whatever birds you catch today. And the bird catcher agreed. So the two of them went bird catching with their limed rods and nets. But on that day, they caught nothing until sundown. Then, just as they were returning home, they caught a beautiful gem-green parrot called a Hiraman, a native of the Maluka Islands. The birdcatcher's wife took the terrified bird in her hands and felt it over and over and said, This is such a tiny bird. It would hardly be a mouthful. There's no use in killing it. The Hiraman replied, Mother, do not kill me. Take me to the king and sell me. He'll give you a lot of money for me. The couple were quite taken aback upon hearing the parrot speak, and when they recovered from their astonishment, asked the bird what price they should set. The Hiraman answered, Leave that to me. When the king asks my price, just say, The bird will tell you his own price, and then I'll mention a large sum. So the bird catcher took the bird to the palace the next day and offered it for sale. The king, delighted by the beauty of the bird, green as an emerald, asked him what he would take for it. The man replied, His highness may kindly ask the bird. It will tell you. What? It can speak? asked the king, and turned to the bird, half in jest, asking, Well, Hiraman, what is your price? The Hiraman said, Please, your majesty, my price is ten thousand rupees. Do not think that price is too high. Count out the money to this man. I'll be of great service to you, your majesty. The king laughed and said, Ha ha, of what service can you be to me, little bird? Your majesty will see in due time, replied the Hiraman. The king, amazed by the way the bird had spoken to him, ordered his treasurer to count out the sum of 10,000 rupees to the birdcatcher. The king had six queens, but he was so taken up with the bird that he had almost forgotten their existence. His days and nights were spent in the company not of his queens, but of this bird. The Hiraman not only replied intelligently to every question, but recited to him the names of the 330 million gods of the Hindu pantheon, the hearing of which is itself an act of piety. The queens, of course, felt quite neglected by the king and became jealous of the bird, and they decided to kill it. It was some time before they got the opportunity, as the bird was the king's inseparable companion. One day, the king went out hunting and was away for two days, the six queens thought that this was their chance to put an end to the bird, and said to one another, We'll go and ask the bird which of us is the ugliest of all in its eyes, and whoever is judged by the bird to be the ugliest shall strangle it. They then proceeded to the room where the bird was kept. 
But before the queens could put any questions to the bird, the Hiraman sweetly and piously recited the names of the 330 million gods and goddesses. The hearts of the six queens melted into tenderness, and they came away without doing any harm to the bird. The following day their jealousy and ill will returned, and they called themselves fools for being so charmed by the simple bird. So they steeled their hearts against all pity, and went there this time determined to kill it at once. O Hiraman, they said, we hear that you are a very wise bird, and your judgments are always right. Please tell us which of us is the prettiest, and which the ugliest. The bird, knowing their evil designs, said to them, How can I answer your question when I am in a cage? To make a proper judgment, I must look minutely at each one of you, limb by limb, front and behind. If you wish to know what I think, you must first set me free. At first the women were afraid to set the bird free lest it should fly away, but eventually they agreed to set it free after shutting all the doors and windows in the room. But the clever bird had already examined the room and seen a water passage in one corner through which it could escape. When the queens had repeated their question several times, the bird said, Enough! Enough talk of your beauty! There's more beauty in the little toe of the princess who lives beyond the seven seas and the thirteen rivers than in all six of you. The queens were furious to hear their beauty thus slighted, and they rushed towards the bird to tear him to pieces. But before they could catch it, it escaped through the water passage and took shelter in a woodcutter's hut nearby. When the king returned home from hunting, he did not find his Hiraman on its perch. He asked the queens, and they said they didn't know anything about it. He had the whole palace searched, but he could not find his bird. He was grief-stricken, and began to say all day, Oh, my Hiraman, oh, my Hiraman, where are you? His ministers even feared for his sanity, so they sent out town criers throughout the kingdom to proclaim by beat of drum that anyone who found the king's pet parrot would be rewarded with 10,000 rupees. The woodcutter heard the proclamation and happily brought the bird to the palace and got his reward. The king then heard from the parrot how the queens had tried to kill it. Mad with rage, he banished all six queens to the wilderness where, it was rumored a few days later, the wretched women were all devoured by wild beasts. After some time, the king said to the parrot, Hiraman, you said that none of my queens had the beauty even of the little toe of the princess who lives beyond the seven seas and the thirteen rivers. Do you know how I can get to her? The Hiraman replied, Of course I do. I can take you to the door of her palace, and if you do as I tell you, you'll soon have her in your arms. Actually, she is waiting for you, though she doesn't know it yet. I'll do whatever you tell me. Where do I begin? What you need is a paksharaj, a winged horse. If you can get one, you can ride on it and will cross the seven seas and thirteen rivers in no time. I have, as you know, replied the king, a large stable of horses. Why don't we go now and see if we have any of the paksharaj breed? The king and the Hiraman went to the royal stables and examined all the horses. The Hiraman passed by all the fine-looking horses 
and lighted upon a lean, wretched-looking pony, saying, This is the horse I want. It is a genuine Pakshiraj. But it must first be fed for six months with the finest grain before it can do what you want it to do. The king put the pony in a stable by itself and personally saw to it that it was fed every day with the finest grains of the kingdom. The pony, as the Hiraman had said, rapidly changed its appearance and at the end of six months had become a magnificent steed. The Hiraman carefully looked it over and pronounced it finally fit for service. Then the parrot asked the king to order the royal silversmiths to make some kais, or fried grains of rice, out of silver. The silversmiths worked overtime and made a large quantity of silver kais. They were finally ready for the aerial journey when the Hiraman said to the king, I must tell you one more thing. Please give the horse only one stroke of the whip at starting. If you give it more than one, we will be stuck midway and never reach the palace or the princess. And when we return after capturing the princess, then too must you whip the horse only once. If you whip it more than once, we will come only halfway and never return home. The king then mounted the Paksharaj with the Harriman and the bag of silver rice and gently touched the animal once with his whip. The horse shot through the air with the speed of lightning, passed over many countries, crossed the seven oceans and the thirteen rivers, and landed that very evening at the palace gate of the most beautiful princess. Near the gate was a tall tree. The Hiraman told the king to put the horse in the nearby stable and then to climb the tree and hide himself in the branches. Once the king had done what he had been asked to do, the bird took the silver rice and with its beak began from the foot of the tree to drop grain after grain all through the corridors right up to the door of the bedroom of the princess. Some hours after midnight, the princess's maidservant, who happened to sleep in the same room, came out for something. As she opened the door, she found the silver grains of rice. Not knowing what they were, she showed them immediately to her mistress, who was so struck by their appearance that she too came out and began picking them up. She saw a regular stream of them beginning at her door and going she knew not to where. She knew then that something exciting was afoot. She went on picking up the bright shining pieces and they led her eventually through the corridors until she came to the foot of the tree. At once the king jumped down from the tree, all according to the bird's instructions of course, caught hold of her and put her on his horse along with himself. The Hiraman perched on his shoulder, and the king gently touched the horse just once with the whip, and they were instantly whirled through space with the speed of lightning. But the king was so eager to get home quickly with his new won prize that he forgot and whipped the horse again as he would any other. At once the horse was grounded outside a dense forest. Oh, what have you done? cried the Hiraman. Did I not tell you never to whip the horse more than once? You've whipped it twice, and we are done for. We may be stuck here until we die. But what was done was done. The Paksharaj had become powerless, and the party was stranded far from home. They got down from the horse and found their new surroundings utterly deserted. They ate some fruit 
and slept that night right there on the ground. The next morning, it just so happened that the king of that country came there to hunt. As he pursued a stag which he had pierced with an arrow, he came across the king and the princess. Struck almost blind by her dazzling beauty, he wanted her for himself. He whistled for help and his attendants flocked around him. He seized the princess and carried her off with him, but not before putting out the king's eyes. The king, who had crossed seven seas and thirteen rivers for her sake, was left there, sightless and alone. Yet not alone, for the good Hiraman was with him. The princess was taken into the palace of this new king, and with her went the pony. When the king came near her, she told him that she was observing a six-month vow of devotion to Siva, and that he must not come near her for those six months. She asked this because she knew it took six full months for the Paksharaj to recover its strength. She then pretended to engage in religious ceremonies every day as part of her vow, and the king assigned a separate house for her. She took the Paksharaj with her and fed it the choicest grains in the kingdom, but she still needed the Hiraman to help her and thought of a ruse. She ordered her servants to scatter the roof of her house with heaps of rice, wheat, and all sorts of lentils as food for the birds. Soon thousands of birds came to the roof every day to take part in this massive feast. The princess looked among the birds every day for the Hiraman, but the good bird was stuck in the forest. It had to take care of itself as well as the blinded king, and they both lived on fruit from various trees. The other birds would say to the parrot, Oh, Hiraman, you are miserable here in the forest. Why don't you come with us for just a little while to that good lady's feast of grains? She scatters them on the roof of the palace for us every day. We go there every morning and eat our fill all day, along with thousands of other birds. The shrewd parrot could easily guess who this pious lady was and why she was throwing this open party for the birds, and decided to go with them the next morning. When the Hiraman saw the princess, he talked to her about the blinded king and told her how to cure him of his blindness and how she could escape the palace. This was the plan. As the six months had nearly gone by, the pony would soon be ready for flight. As for the king's blindness, there was only one way to cure it. The Hiraman would have to collect the fresh droppings from the birds in the tree outside the gate of the princess's own palace. These were a special kind of bird, the Bihangama birds. The very next morning, the Hiraman started out and reached the spot that night and waited for morning. At dawn, it waited below the nest of the birds with a leaf in its beak and gathered all the droppings of the chicks. Then it flew back over all the seas and rivers and applied the precious excrement to the sightless sockets of the king's eyes. The king at once opened his eyes and saw, and in a few days the Paksharaj was ready and in fine condition. On the appointed day, the princess escaped to the forest on the pony, picked up the king and the Hiraman, and all three reached the king's capital in no time. The king and princess were soon married in a gorgeous ceremony and lived happily for a long time with many sons and daughters. The Hiraman was always with them, 
reciting the names of the 330 million gods of the Hindu pantheon. <laughs> 